So we're taught to understand money. We're taught to think about money as consumers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not creators. And we're taught to be in relationship with money in, in a, a consumption-based relationship. So we're not really taught how to, and, and this is the way I teach. I don't want to tell you what to do with your money. That is not for me to say. And, and that's gross. Um, I want to I want to teach you how to think about money, how to understand money, so you can tell money what to do. Yeah. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. Today's guest is my incredible girl, Hannah Koenig. Hannah is coming back onto the show. We did an episode earlier um, in 2021 that was so, so good. And this time around, I'm so excited to drop you deeper into her wisdom, her energy, all, all of which is going to guide you into the areas of wealth building and financial intimacy. You know, I find that two of the most difficult subjects that individuals have a hard time discussing are the subjects of money and sex. So we're going to leave the sex out of it for now. Uh, But this episode, and um, this is one of part two, I I, I had to make um, Hannah's Hannah's conversation into two episodes because I want you guys to really take your time taking in everything that's shared here. It's actually very easy to to digest. Hannah makes everything um, really clear, but also very pleasant and enjoyable to take in. But my reason behind this is, look, we're going into a new year and, you know, money, abundance, prosperity, financial well-being, that is an important part of all of our lives. And I want my community kicking fucking ass financially, all of us, you know, and Hannah truly is to me, she's a game changer um, in this space. And you will clearly understand that, you know, in this conversation and in part two next week. So let me just drop you into a couple of the highlights of this episode. Uh, we talk about identifying where your childhood and past experiences that created your money story are derived from and how that story is manifesting in your life today. We discuss attributes that will support you to breaking your subconscious programs and paradigms that are creating resistance in your ability to call in your deserved wealth. We discuss overcoming the internalization and associated failures of past financial mistakes. That's so big. Uh, We talk about shattering mainstream money rules to find safety in intuitive spending, earning, saving, and investing. We also talk about uh, approaching your wealth with the harmonization of masculine and feminine energies. And you know, I'm always talking about that harmonization and I love that it is so clearly defined and applicable in this area as well. So those are just some teasers. There's so much more in this conversation. And again, part two comes out next week. I highly recommend you start following Hannah on Instagram and check it out. She's got a really incredible 
uh, digital course that's launching in January. You can actually sign up for it now and there's a live coaching component to this. And I will tell you, I know firsthand, uh, firsthand that, you know, Hannah's coaching is top notch and it's, I will be a part of that course because even though she's a very, very dear friend of mine, I absolutely have so much respect for her genius and I want in on it. So hopefully I will be um, mingling with you guys in that course. And yeah, I just, I really can't say enough about how wonderful Hannah is and I'm excited for you to get to know her and her work more. So um, all details on how to connect with Hannah, including her course or in the show notes. And of course, I would love it so much if you, you know, let me know how this impact, uh, this episode impacted you, whether it's YouTube, uh, hopefully you're there and you subscribe. The channel is awesome and growing. I love you all in that space. Um, DM on Instagram, share this up on your stories and tag Hannah and I, I love seeing your stare, uh, your shares up there as well. So last but not least, last but not least you guys, if you haven't given this podcast a five-star rating review please take a moment to do so there is a super easy link in the show notes to do that and it really 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 helps you guys are totally helping this podcast to grow and it means so much not only to me and my team but to everybody else who's learning about the podcast and taking in all the incredible content um, you know so you're really helping everybody out so all right time to take in my girl and her beautiful genius hannah koenig enjoy Hey, you guys, if you've been following me here for a while or on any of my channels, you know I am always talking about the power of journaling and specifically what it has done for me and continues to do for me in my life. With that said, I am so excited to officially announce that my guided and illustrated self-actualization journal, You Are the Path, is out for sale. I have been working on this for quite some time now with my incredible, talented artist friend, Emerald Paget, and I could not be more excited for you to experience this journal. To make it very clear, this is not your typical kind of stationary item of journal. It's more of a book, and it is so visually stimulating. You Are the Path holds space for you to unravel, unleash, investigate, hypothesize, affirm, inspire, fortify, to essentially create you and all aspects of your life. You can literally stretch out and run free within the vast open pages. So in this journal, you have seven guided and illustrated sections led by five thought-provoking questions and prompts that evoke exploratory thinking. Of course, you're welcome to ignore them, but they are there to anchor you because Talking about journaling for some time now for to so many people, I've learned that journaling can feel daunting to some people. Like you don't know what to do or where to start. So these journal prompts and questions are there to just anchor you in and help you get moving through the pages. Um, each section also has a personal quote for me. And again, the artistry in this journal throughout the journal by my girl, Emerald Paget is absolutely incredible. It is there to evoke your imagination and all your senses and really just take you into deep parts of your mind and your heart. So the final section offers 20 blank pages. So the other sections all have lined pages in them. And this is really special for me because I've never come across a journal that had both. And throughout my journaling practice for almost the entirety of my life, um, you 
you know, I've really needed and wanted both. Uh, so I'm just excited to give you this opportunity to be able to sketch and just let your imagination run free on these blank pages, but also have the beautiful structure and, you know, refinement of, of lines for you to just, you know, script out your heart. So again, this journal is absolutely a mystical experience. It's a mystical adventure. I want you to just drop in and to ultimately connect with your highest self, your authentic self, your intuition. And this journal is meant to facilitate that process for you. So to shop this journal, go to blackbeltbeauty.com. It's right there at the top menu. You'll also be able to see some visuals of the journal. And I just, I know you're going to love it. So let me know what you think and enjoy the path that is you. My girl, Hannah, this is round two. I am so, so excited to have you back on the show. I'm so excited to dive into your genius, to your heart and your soul. I mean, I have the privilege of, you know, having you as one of my dearest. And I, this is really special. You know, your closest friends, um, brilliant people. That doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be, let me, let me frame it like this. When, when you have people that are so close to you and they're incredible, you're, you're not necessarily listening to all their podcasts and all that because they're in your intimate circle, you know? So you mm-hmm. kind of get like their genius and their, their energy more regularly. But, you know, regardless of who I bring on the show, whether it's somebody like you who is a dear friend of mine or, you know, somebody that I don't know, um, I always do my due diligence of like, you know, prep work because I want to show up for, for the best of this conversation, right? And what has been so fun for me is as much as I know you and your genius and I've had it so intimately into my own, you know, integrated into my life, girl, I... I love listening to you speak, period. But specifically, you know, in your genius, I mean, listen, it's broad, but I know a big focus for you is wealth, um, you know, financial intimacy and all of this we're going to dive into today. But I just want to set the table of the conversation by saying, you know, first of all, to all of the listeners and to the, you know, people watching this episode, I really want them, and I don't even feel like I'm going to have to encourage this after our conversation, but just to be, to stay close to you, you know, whether it's Instagram or all the things we'll dive into because you really are a plethora of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, But where it comes from, in my opinion, in my experience is so number one, authentic, but there's such a beautiful, powerful energy that you deliver it with that not only makes it easier to retain, but it makes the whole experience of you so enjoyable. So I'm excited about this conversation. <laughs> wow. I'm I'm fully receiving that. And what an intro and um oh, you know, anytime you ask me to do something, I'm 100 percent in because I know the heart and the love and the readiness that you bring to everything you do. And it, it speaks volumes and it's rare and it's a beautiful thing to um, be a part of, to get to collaborate with and play with. So thank you. I'm just, I'm happy to be here again. Yeah. And, and your community is a reflection of that as well. And it, it's just, thank you. this girl. is such a cool, one of the coolest spaces. Um, I was going to say on the it's internet. Fun. I don't know if it's the internet. It, in the, in the <laughs> it's cosmic. Totally. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you. I receive that. And I, 
you know, it's it's cool because so I find that two of the most difficult uh, topics for people to speak on for just like to talk about is money and sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I actually want to start with well, we can we can leave the sex part out. The that sex. could be another conversation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all coming. But I, I want to start with why do you think that is? Why is talking about money, finances, why is that such a fucking hard thing for people? Mm. Well, first and foremost, it's incredibly intimate. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get to financial intimacy and why I teach that and what the heck that even is um, as a body of work later. But it is, it's incredibly intimate. It is vulnerable. Yeah. It's layered. Um, and we have an entire psychological, each, each of us have an entire psychological relationship to money that is different from anyone else. Um, so this is like the layers of our experience, um, maybe our family of origin, mm-hmm. how we identify or are presented in, in the world where we grew up. Um, and it's also, you know, most of the people listening to this probably exist in Western civilization. Mm-hmm. So we exist in this thing called capitalism. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm not going to go into opinions about capitalism because the truth of the matter is this is where we exist. So it's also tied to this deeper layer of provision and survival, right? Yeah. This ability to succeed um, to achieve this access to opportunity to options. And that's that's a pretty hardcore thing to be anchored to um, without everything else, right? Without layers of, you know, the way your culture sees you in relationship to money, which for women is significantly different than men. And that's not an opinion, that's statistics. Um, so, so it's incredibly complex and it's incredibly personal and it, and it feels personal because it is because people, you know, beings who are hardwired to survive, then you have this thing that's tied to your ability to do that, um, to provide for yourself, to provide for your loved ones. That is a representation of value. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is not mm-hmm. your value. Your value is inherent, but it's a representation of that mm-hmm. in in a system mm-hmm. that that exists upon like with the understanding and the agreement of this value exchange we call money. Yeah. Then it becomes complicated. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know it that it was that for me um, for all of my childhood and the majority of my adult life, it didn't start becoming less complicated until I would say the last two years. And, and so even for me, like it was this thing where talking about it, where more, um, transparent and forward and frank conversations about money would make me freeze up, would make me incredibly anxious. If I was spending too much time talking about the numbers, I would just kind of go numb and tune out and and i see this all of the time with people i just had a conversation um a consultation with a business owner a super successful business owner who's been running a company for years mm-hmm. has you know um 
syndicated content that he puts out. And it was like, he was just kind of like halfway through the conversation. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I am so incredibly uncomfortable. Mm. And, and it's like, of course, because this thing is tied to your ability to provide, yeah. right? Your livelihood. So if you don't understand it, mm-hmm. that's making decisions around it is really scary. Yeah. Yeah. See, yes. oh my gosh. That, thank you for that. That was so eloquent and beautiful and and valuable, you know, and there's a lot to tease out there. One thing that I do want to ask you to tap into, because I really love, I love that your backstory isn't this, you had it all figured out. You come from an upbringing where the money mindset was like, you know, polished and abundant. It's like, you really had, you've had to do every facet of the work that comes with, you know, money mindset and building wealth and and everything, you know, related mm-hmm. to wealth really. And so that's, to me, those are really, those are inspiring stories because you can really speak to the process on a different level. So do you want to share some of that? Yeah. And I appreciate that because when we think about, you know, a financial educator or someone with financial expertise, we think they're naturally good at this thing or um, they have a degree in this thing Yeah, or they had some someone early on who took them by the hand and showed them the ins and outs. That is not my story. Um, In fact, my experience is directly the opposite of that. Um, I grew up, I've I've been on food stamps, you know, as a child Mm -hmm. um, and as a young adult. And my modeling around money was incredibly dysfunctional. Uh, My parents fought a lot about money. We were definitely below the poverty line. Uh, My, and it, it wasn't just that we didn't have money. It was, um, it was the layers of emotion and behavior and financial trauma, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the psychological manipulation and and fear and tension and anger that you know children are incredibly perceptive. Yeah. So I remember being very, and I'm the oldest of four, mm-hmm. so I remember everything. Yeah. Which drives my mom crazy, <laughs> and. I remember being worried and concerned, like, is everything going to be okay at a very early age? Yeah. And it was tied to this thing called money. And I also remember feeling very othered in social interactions with my peers Mm. because that was not the situation of most of my peers. We lived in in sort of a, a small town, but there wasn't you know, it's Northern Wisconsin. So there was not a homeless population, um, right? It, it's too cold. So the, the average household income was more middle-class, I would say. Yeah. And so I also remember feeling that difference and thinking, oh, money or, or even wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Is this thing that certain people have, and we are not those people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that really impacted me as I began to attempt to adult mm-hmm. and and manage money and figure out how to live and educate myself and pursue whatever my future was going to be and make a mark on on the world. I dropped out of college, I think three times. <laughs> you know, and and I've made almost every historically almost every financial mistake a person can make. Mm. And um I say that just sort of as an antidote to a world that exists where a lot of the messages that we receive 
are, you know, when you make a financial mistake, you are bad with money, right? Not you made a mistake, but you are the mistake. And that's definitely what I did. I internalized it. And it was just this thing I was in constant fear of, you know, I've been evicted multiple times. I've had cars repossessed. I've done all of the bad money things. Um, And, and this is even not so long ago, I would say the beginning of 2017, Mm -hmm. my credit score was in the mid four hundreds. You know, I just, it, it was, when I met my partner, I actually didn't have a bank account. I was, um, working different, like yoga teaching gigs and running leadership trainings and picking up odd jobs. And I was living off cash or cashing checks Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, pile of cash under the mattress situation because I didn't trust myself. Yeah. Not not to overdraft or not to, to be able to manage this thing that everyone else got. And it was a source of shame. And, um, and I also didn't, you know, the, the first shift for me was really feeling empowered to earn. Mm -hmm. And that happened when I started a business and I saw it as this way out of the life trajectory Mm -hmm. that was statistically set before me based on my parents, my Mm -hmm. lack of education, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is, this is a different path and and I can create. And I learned how to create money, but what I didn't do was heal my relationship with money. And so when I started making money, a lot more money, some things shifted as things do, but I still felt scared. Yeah. I still felt nervous. I still felt terrified. I still was wondering after a year of working my butt, of doing nothing but working, mm-hmm. where did my money go? And not knowing. Yeah. Right? Not know, having to spend six hours going line by line through accounts to be like, oh, this is what's happening. Like taxes were, I was, I was paralyzed. Yeah. And that was the point I hit where I'm like, Clearly you're capable. Mm-hmm. Clearly this is not working for you. Clearly money isn't the problem. And that was a huge wake up call for me. So that's. Uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah, so, I, there's so much relatability in my own childhood experience. And I'm, I, w- I would be shocked if that wasn't, you know, the majority of, of, you know, a lot of people listening. I mean, truly like most, there are more people who come up from an upbringing where there's real issues around the money mindset, the emotional relationship with money that we experienced through our parents. We know, or maybe some people don't know, but you know, up until all the way up until the age of seven, we're essentially being programmed in the subconscious, right? So if any, you know, all the talks and all the things that are happening in the, in the, in the house related to money that are not, you know, um, empowered and, you know, or basically, you know, lack based, um, it goes into, into our subconscious, which is so gnarly because then you're functioning not even consciously with these programs that keep you in lack and limitation. So that's one aspect, right? And then you have society, you know, I feel almost as if they do it on purpose, at least over here, so that you fail, right? They're not teaching you things about how to really, you know, be financially healthy, Right, I'm just kind of layering on and kind of pulling out from what it you is, shared. It is it's financial yeah. wellness, so I love that. Right, right. This is a one facet of self care of of health. Yeah. Yes, and so then so you're you're moving with all this stuff, and then and then 
On top of that, I'm going through the pyramid, watch this. Then we are groomed also to believe that our financial status is is directly correlated with our worth. So you feel just less than when you are not functioning in a healthy state of financial well-being. This is all shit that we're carrying around and we're supposed to like figure it out, you know. Then comes this part where you can start feeling like you don't even have what it takes. You're not smart enough. You weren't lucky. You, you know, to be able to cultivate this, you know, like just even like like baseline level normal quotations, like Mm -hmm. financial health. So just kind of airing that out a bit, because that's what I took, you know, pieces of of your, you know, what you just shared. And, And it's relatable in my own life, like I said, and I believe in so many others as well. And Mm -hmm. here's a a really cool thing that, you know, you said about, um, and I I really would like to expand on this more, but you talked about how, you know, you got to this place where you start your business and you were able to bring in money, like you start, you know, bringing in money, but you didn't heal things. And to me, I hear that so clearly it's, it's, um, as it's really easy to lose weight. It's actually not easy to keep it off because to keep weight off It's a complete, you have to have a a different behavior, situation, habits, like a a different arsenal of inner tools as well as, you know, the external happenings to be able to actually maintain, you know, whatever healthy weight you lost. And, and, and I see it to be the same, you know, with, with your experience of that. So can we talk a bit about that process and what, I just wanted to kind of tease out what would you say are, you know, one to three of the attributes that really supported you to do that deeper dive work to heal and to make that ultimate like breakthrough and pivot to get you out of that? I would say, okay, Mm self-awareness, right? I've done enough work and I've done enough inner work. And I don't think you have to do a bunch of, it's not, um, it's not a linear process. Mm -hmm. So you can dive into money work right now, having, not having led the Pasana retreats in Indonesia, like I did, but I had done enough inner work where I had self-awareness, a lot of it. So I could see my own behavioral patterns playing out. Um, emotional safety, Mm. Right. Not, not only physical, but emotional safety. So I was in, um, in a partnership and also the relationships in my, in my life are spaces that are, it's safe for me to make a mistake. Mm. It's safe for me to learn. It's safe for me to give and receive feedback, especially feedback that is not, um, just this kind of like glowing reflection, but challenging feedback. And um, self-awareness. What would the third be? It's it's hard because there are a few different things. I mean, I think curiosity is really helpful. I I'm an entrepreneur. So the way I think about things is always like, does it have to be that way? But why? Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm constantly like that three-year-old who just learned the word why it's so annoying. I'm it's like, so why? good. I, I love the um, why work. And, and also, um, having, having mirrors in my life or, Mm -hmm. or people who are, um, 
mirroring back to me. I think that's part of that mm-hmm. feedback process. Yeah. Well, let me so, ask you this. Yeah. Do you, where do you f- self-worth, mm-hmm. self-love, self-worth lives in self-love. How does that come into the picture here in this part of your process? Yeah. Right. Cause I believe oh. that you had to have been fucking feeling like, Hey sister, this ain't cool. Like we got, we're better than this. Were they <laughs> beyond? And I think that I know for a fact that, um, self-respect mm-hmm. was a huge piece of that because it was like, I'm working. I worked at uh, 2020. I worked. All I did was work because the lockdown happened and, yeah. um, my business was thriving. And so it was just kind of the shut in. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Like watch Netflix. (laughs) So I just, I worked, I created, I worked, I served my clients and it was like, I, I respect their time because I respect my own. And clearly I'm not respecting my time in this area because I work to create, um, this value, Mm -hmm. right? This agreed upon value exchange of value that provides me with opportunity that provides me with options. And I am not being an intentional steward of that, Mm. which means I'm not respecting my time. So, you know, I had actually done a ton of money work in the sense of mindset and manifestation and law of attraction and all of these sort of feel good Mm -hmm aspects of money work. And I, I chose those avenues because mainstream finance was just not welcoming. Mm-hmm. And these were welcoming. And some of what that taught me was to think and feel good about things, mm-hmm. but it also made me afraid of dealing with what was actually there on a deeper level. And it also, because I wanted to think positive thoughts to attract positive things. Right. And it also did not give me the grounded, tangible tools. Yes. Um. So I felt beyond worthy. And eventually it was like, when you really, when you feel really worthy, you will also call yourself on your own shit. Totally girl. I love it. And I was like, this is, you are better than this. This is I expect more than you, more from you because I know who the fuck you are and you're worthy of everything. Um, Why are you not showing up for yourself here? You know, that's one of the things I really love about your conversations in this space because, you know, I, 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 you know, me, I'm I'm all about law of resonance. I live deeply in manifestation and I (laughs) produce some incredible you know, experiences mm-hmm. that are like so next level. And I, and, and there's value in that. That's, that's all beautiful and important and, and just frequency, like being higher up in the mind. But, but there is this reality too of what are the tools? What are the tactics? Like what are the, like down here on earth <laughs> in the physical plane? Like what's the, what do we need to know how to do that's outside of the vision questing and all of that? And I feel like, honestly, girl, you to me represent like the most refreshing um revolutionary <laughs> expression where and I mean this with all of my heart where you merge both because you really I know you value the that that whole you know the absolutely right and and you know what it is Hannah and I speak about this all the time you know this and I just get louder and louder and I, so I want to po- point this out cuz it's fun when I get to really capture it but to me that's the harmonization of masculine feminine energy Like the feminine is like, we're out here. We're, and I want to talk to you about, you know, like what's a wealth vision and 
that will come in later, but like visualization, manifestation, to me, that's opening, that's creativity, that's imaginative, that's expansive. That is creative and is absolutely so fucking important. And then you have your due diligence, your logical, your tactics, your edge, your fucking, you know, what's the game plan? And that is the masculine. And this is why to me, it's so valuable to, you know, when there's harmony, because then the 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 masculine is f- supporting the feminine to do its thing more powerful and the feminine is supporting the masculine energies right these to do its thing more powerful too and you to me are just that perfect marriage that union of both of these energies in the in this area of you know wealth um growth intimacy all the things and and i haven't seen that yet i haven't seen anybody who's really got my attention i think it's like it's so like far over here on this end, like just in that masculine energy. And this is my terminology or it's super whimsical and just like, you know, in the manifestation space. So girl. (laughs) And that's the truth with money work. It's why I do what I do. It's why I've, you know, created a a body of work. That's a, a, a through line because, um, it's, it's kind of like an infinity symbol, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you turn an eight on its side, one, catalyzes the other, Mm -hmm. right? So if I, you know, if we're talking from a conceptual principled space and I see this, you know, it's the same reflection I see in the entrepreneurial space, um, as I see in the finance space, if, if we're just moving off of motivation and inspiration, it's fleeting. Mm -hmm. But if we anchor ourselves in commitment, so I'm showing up every day, I'm showing up every day, I'm showing up every day, then we become the then then we make space yeah. where that inspiration and motivation can come in naturally because we're there every day so we're not just moving when the muse calls us mm-hmm. we're saying hey i'm here every day mm-hmm. for whenever you're ready to show up right so it's so we have to have those fundamental yeah anchors yeah you know and mine are commitment and contribution, Mm. right? And then those catalyze Mm -hmm. the inspiration and motivation or the passion, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I see people trying to put an anchor down with inspiration. Right. Right. Totally. And, and, and it's, you know, it's the same when you're building something, you you need structure. Or when we talk about manifestation, I've manifested crazy things in my (laughs) life, you know, a, a life partner, all of these things where I was just so dialed into my desire mm-hmm. and so not grasping and things just flowed. But the truth is we're also op- operating in the three dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. E- experience. Right. And you cannot wish your way wealthy. So that is things so good. that don't have that grounded anchor, it's kind of like if you want your refrigerator to feel abundant when you open it, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to clean it. And then you're going to fill it with fresh produce. And then when you buy new produce, you're not just going to push the rotting produce to the back (laughs) and then put new produce in. You're going to clean the tomato that is juicing and smells awful. (laughs) Um, You're not going to ignore it. You're not going to say, oh, well, that's not positive. That's not high vibe. You, you, there's a process (laughs) there. So, so it's, it's this and both conversation and, and one without the other, you know, if it's all commitment, um, no inspiration, yeah, that's really dry. 
Right. And if it's all inspiration, motivation, it's incredibly fleeting. Right. Right. We need, we need the, the, it's like we're creating grounding points for miracles by putting the, the grounded and the tangible mm-hmm. and, and making commitments like in, on our path. Yeah. That is what creates space for the magic of life to move through us. Um, so not one or the other, it, it has to be and both. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I see so many that, that make it this polarity and then the two never get to intersect. Mm-hmm. And that's where real traction happens. It's, it's what I love about you and your work. You are so consistent. You are so dedicated. You're so thorough. You're so committed and, and yet so full of magic because you make space for magic, a priority. Yes. Thank you. Through your commitment. Thank you. Well, that's such a mutual thing. And again, that's why I think your work is so, it's so needed and so valuable. I mean, I want to ask you, what do you believe just from your experience um, at this point observation, what do you feel is, you know, a couple of the things that, you know, mindset, like fallacies that are, are stopping or, or limiting an individual from really developing a healthy relationship with their finances? Mm-hmm. So statistically, the most common is just not knowing. Mm. So for women, especially uh, for individuals who have been socialized or identify as women, um, not knowing feels like a failure in and of itself. Mm-hmm. When we think about money in the context of adulting, it just seems like this thing that we're supposed to know how to do. We're supposed to know how to do it. um, And there are all all these systems that score our ability to do it, but we're not supposed to talk about it, which is super confusing. Um, We're just supposed to have it figured out. And it's, it's like plumbing, you know, you're not just supposed to know how to change the water from hot to cold in the tube thing. See, I know nothing about plumbing. (laughs) So I don't expect myself to know anything about plumbing. Yeah. No. I I seek out if if there's an issue with the plumbing, then I seek out a professional and and I I want to know what's going on here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm not afraid to ask about that. But with with the narrative, you know, that we're just supposed to know how to money that makes us feel like we've failed before we've even started. So it's like a fear to even ask or investigate. That's huge, right? Yeah. It, it, like if you feel like I'm bad with money or I don't know how to money um, and you are internalizing that, that's not a you thing, but mm-hmm. that stops a lot of people dead in their tracks. Just, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So it's just freeze deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I see often is that people think that you have to have a lot of money mm-hmm. to build wealth. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of a cart before the horse conversation. It The truth is like you can start, you know, time is actually more important than money in, okay. in terms of wealth building, slow, steady, consistent mm. to build real tangible, like fuck shit up, change the world wealth. Amazing. Not not just, you know, or or money to retire on or to pay for your kid's college or um, I have a friend who just made her 401k contributions in her 20s yeah. at, at like her entry level corporate job. And then later in her 30s, that money that had just been growing mm-hmm. 
she withdrew that and that became her seed funding for her business. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just, yeah. Optionality. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I think I know, but I, the truth is I don't know what I want in 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, but I right. do know for sure that I want options. Can I tell you? It's so amazing. So I actually have this on on a bulletin board. I've had it for years. Just me, you know, me, deep introspective thinker, and along the lines of thinking about finances and wealth, I came to this conclusion. So when I heard you say this, it was like it doesn't surprise me, but it was like ugh. it was. It's, it's. I'll take a picture and just send it to you. Mm-hmm. Money gives you access and options. And it's really that fucking simple. Like it does like access and options. Um, And I know you speak to, I mean, you just did, um, but it, yeah, I I had to bring that up because when I heard you say that in a, in a couple of different podcasts, I was like, so (laughs) just had to get that out. So thinking that you have to have a lot of it to participate in building wealth ops you know, automatically um, has people self-segment and opt out of participating mm-hmm. like 99% of people before even considering it. Cause it's like, oh, and I thought this too, you know, I had a, a business that was cash flowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still have this business. So yeah. <laughs> but when it, when it was first cash flowing tens of thousands of dollars a month, and I was afraid to contribute you know, $6,000 or $500 a month to a Roth IRA, which is um, uh, just a simple retirement account. We can get into the yeah. taxation yeah. of that, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just finance jargon. But I didn't feel like I could contribute. So I wasn't. Right. Because I didn't understand the system. It's really hard to work a system when you don't know how it works. Right. So- that is is really common. Like I think I have to have a lot of money or I feel like I don't have enough to start building wealth. Um, thinking that it's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people think about financial management, um, building wealth. And I know I felt this budgeting. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. In 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 the financial space, especially in the circles that I'm uh, now a part of. We call it the B word because people are just have such an aversion to the word budget because they hear budget and they think broke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You think like budget rental. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Or yeah. Construction, ramen noodles. Um, right. I, money is now telling me what I can't do. Yes. And so it feels like it's this negotiation between what I what I want to do and what I should do. And the truth is it's not. So mm-hmm. cash flow management tools and systems are really just a way to tell money how it gets to show up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Tell money what's a priority for you instead of just wondering at the end of the month, what, what happened or the end of the year or whatever, whenever you're evaluating your finances. Um, so, so that's another big one is like this, this idea that it is somehow going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's no reward in that. And and really, if we look at money as a, a value system, then the way that we use money should be a, gets to be a reflection of that. Yeah. No, it's right? I agree with you. It, it's like, yeah. oh, if I look around at the ways I spend money now, mm-hmm. they are 100% a reflection of my values and my priorities. Yeah. There are no areas where I'm like, what? 
Yeah. Right. But that took a willingness to drop my assumptions mm-hmm. and and implement processes and and get more intentional and intimate. So the big ones are not knowing feels like a failure. Mm-hmm. You need to have a lot of money before you can start. Yeah. And that budgeting or or financial management is somehow going to is going to be this compromise of your well-being yeah. or your joy mm-hmm. or your desires mm-hmm. in exchange for some future, you know, at 65 when you finally get to enjoy your life and and it does not have to be that. Although it's often taught that way, right? We don't just make this stuff up. If right. you listen to certain especially some of the big uh, mainstream financial educators, it's really shaming. It's oh, really yeah. restrictive. Yeah. And um, I don't need to say names because you probably already uh, know oh, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do. Um, <laughs> and, and and some of, of those financial educators are saying to audiences of millions of people, if you have debt, then you don't belong eating in a restaurant. And yeah. that is just absolutely absurd. Yeah. Right to to be blamed or shamed for the decisions you made, even if you've made, I don't feel any shame, and I've made all of the financial mistakes, but it's That's because huge. I can take that and be like, oh, cool, I can learn from that, or if I fuck it up, I can figure it out, and it's not because something is wrong with me; it's because it it's a skill set, it's a language, yeah, and so to be able to speak it fluently, yeah, I have to learn. Well, you, that's such a beautiful, powerful student perspective. It's a, that that approach, you know. I I often talk about that, like take off the judgment lens and put on the student lens, because all we're doing every day is learning, you know, yeah. or judging. But judging means that that you cannot learn and judge at the same time. So if you're really here to make progress, which means that you're going to have to learn, then you have to operate with that you know, compassion and that curiosity of a student so that you can actually, you know, allow yourself to make mistakes so that you can learn from it and move forward, which is obviously what you've done such a great job at doing. And, you know, just another thing to touch on there that I love is like, yeah, there are a lot of main, because I've, I've done it, you know, like listen to a lot of these mainstream, you know, financial advisors. And, and the first thing that happens when I hear something like that is I don't relate to you. Because I'll tell you just super you know, like in my own life, I, I'm, I'm that woman who I've leaped before there was a net, like as a constant. And what that means is that I go in before I have the hardcore proof. Like I lean into me being the proof, like I'll figure it out, but I know that this is where I got to go. I'm called to it. I'm very intuitive. And if you look at it on paper, it would be, I mean, especially from those financial advisors, wrong. Don't do it. And 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 yeah. and I I would never fucking be here right now if I followed all the quote unquote rules that have been more mainstream, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But just what we've heard more of in terms of how to develop wealth and be financially smart and all these things. Oh, I would, I don't even know where the fuck I'd be. So Obviously, we don't have enough time to talk about, you know, and kind of prescribe, yeah. and you know, um, something that would cure every individual's money blocks mindset and their scenarios. But can we maybe give a few starting point tips to 
to to those who actually like yourself, like myself, who felt an aversion to that, to this mainstream financial advice, like just feel disconnected from that. So then that it's like almost like a freeze or I'm just going to fucking rebel it, do it my own way and figure it out. But then, you know, that may or may not be the best thing. Yeah. So my recommendation is if you can't find support that feels safe, that's not shaming you, right? That's creating a safe learning environment. Keep looking. Yeah. Keep looking and also start looking in places that are not traditional because the truth is mainstream finance is failing most people. Yeah. So if you feel, if you do not feel like you have an incredible, thriving, supporting relationship with money, Mm -hmm. there's a really good chance that mainstream finance has failed you. And that's not because the system is broken. It's actually because the system is working in the way that it was designed. It has been designed by a certain type of people Mm -hmm. for a certain type of people. And again, that is not an opinion. That's Mm -hmm. a fact. So for example, up until 1974, a woman could not purchase property open a credit card, or even a bank account without a male co-signer, usually a husband, father, or brother. It's incredible. So us even being a part of this system mm-hmm. is pretty young. It's it's relatively new. It's yeah. not even a full mm-hmm. life cycle. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Right, my mom was born in 61. So like- Yeah. Damn. Not until she was- 13. Wow. Was that even legal a thing in the United States? So if if you are not if you find yourself in a space that you don't feel safe to learn, that you don't feel safe to make mistakes, that you are just being shamed because you're too impulsive or you buy fancy lattes or you like avocado toast or the things that you value most mm-hmm. are not the things that the educator values most, mm-hmm. um, and they're telling you that you're wrong for that, then go find someone else to learn with. Yeah. You know, I look on Instagram, check out some podcasts. Mm-hmm. The internet is full of beautiful, brilliant, wonderful people. And it's also full of a lot of trash. Yeah. And yeah. so, so keep looking such as life. Um, <laughs> Just like yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's the same. If I find myself in a social situation that doesn't feel safe. Yeah. I I will remove myself and and luckily like I have the 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 skill set and the awareness um to be able to do so. Right. But my guess is or or if if you, that's what you're finding and if it's not resonating there's something else out there. You yeah. know, and and there are far fewer um I I know just some of the most incredible female financial educators and there are far fewer of us, mm-hmm. but we are out here. Yeah, you are. I mean, lead yeah. well. You did such an excellent job of bringing some of the most amazing, you know, women to the conversation to speak on this. I mean, you yourself. It's funny. Like back up fifteen minutes ago, I actually was feeling. I'm like, 
if how does one not feel safe in this conversation with, with Hannah mm-hmm. speaking on this? Because that is an energy mm-hmm. that you exude. And again, like going back to the very beginning of, of the talk, it's it's one of the most uncomfortable things to talk about. So I fully agree with that. You know, it's beautiful advice to to, you know, find that source where you feel safe and secure and mm-hmm. could be a great segue. Um because when I think about safety, I think about intimacy, you know, the word. And I would really love to just have you speak about financial intimacy because that is a very unique thing from you specifically. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's my my body of work. Um, we're actually trademark. We're in the process of trademarking that language right now because eventually that will be the book. And, um, and I want it to be a body of work, just like emotional intelligence that's, mm-hmm. that's, um, that's shared that everyone can use because information is just that. Um, anyway, what you will find in, in mainstream finance is a focus on financial literacy mm-hmm. and literacy is important, right? Yeah. Our ability to understand and, and translate and communicate things. Um, but financial literacy is really just very technical and literacy itself is incredibly simple when it comes to building wealth. The actual steps to say, improve your credit score or um, invest in the stock market to put your money to work, to to participate are remarkably simple. I was floored. And had I known how simple it was, I would have started participating a lot sooner. And I failed algebra my freshman year of (laughs) high school. So I'm, I'm like, I still count on my fingers um, and I'm a financial educator. I love it. Who is historically bad with money. And and I was floored. It's really like fourth grade math. Fourth grade math is wealth building math, you know, very simple addition, subtraction, multiplication. And if you're investing like a tiny, tiny bit of basic algebra, but you don't even need to understand that to participate. However, while while the the literacy component is is a fraction of the equation because the liter like the the learning is really simple but people are not simple yeah so financial literacy often if you've um, ever tried to create a budget right mm-hmm. tried to stick to a budget and failed or set a financial goal for yourself and not met it it's because literacy teaches us gives us kind of like a behavioral plan mm-hmm. yeah. So it gives you this behavioral plan, follow this behavioral plan, and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, except if we are not addressing the underlying psychological and emotional patterns that impact our behaviors, yes, then it's not sustainable. It's just like the weight loss. It's like, it. it oh gosh, it's easy to lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to sustain. So if I don't change my relationship, yeah. To this thing called money, mm-hmm. then I can achieve a goal, but I can only sustain that for a while because I'm not actually acknowledging or looking at or or creating space for mm-hmm. the way I am in this relationship yeah. by default, right? Just my my default way of being. And so when I talk about financial intimacy, I'm talking about depth of relationship, intimacy in the context of depth depth of a relationship. And money is this thing that like it or not, 
you are going to be in relationship with for the rest of your life. Yes. Hands down, period. Mm -hmm. It it does not matter your situation. That is the context we exist in. Even if you go off the grid, at some point, you are going to need money, batteries, or fishing line, or whatever. (laughs) You know, you will need things. And and this value exchange is, is happening. So financial intimacy itself, there there are three components of financial intimacy. And, and this is the work that helps us transform the way we relate to money mm-hmm. in service of building wealth, in service of creating the type of value that gives us access, mm-hmm. options, and opportunity. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.